Welcome everybody to Wrestling with the Truth. My name is BC Hunter, and as usual, I'm being joined by my partner in crime, the one, the only, NWO Machine. Machine, I know you're going to take a little bit of a lead here tonight. You've got an interesting topic that we've done before, and we decided to give it yeah. another try. Well, let's, again, sometimes, you know, BC and I'll chat, and uh, we have these chats sort of off camera and off air. And then all of a sudden I spring something on him and say, okay, let's record. And he says, what are we doing? And I say, never mind. And uh, tonight is one of those nights. And it's time once again for The Hat of Doom. Uh, I got the Hat of Doom here. And, I, and what it is, uh, folks who've never heard, been, heard this portion, it's uh, just a bunch of things I've thrown in a hat, just topics I've thrown in a hat. And <laughs> we have to talk about them, whatever it may be. <laughs> so um, are you ready to play? I am. Okay. All right. So here, reaching into the hat of doom and the first little piece of paper here. Oh, okay. This is a good one. Um, Bobby Heenan or Mr. Fuji? <laughs> This is an easy one. You Bob, think? Bobby Heenan in a walk. Okay, so why? Because uh, he's probably the greatest all-around performer in the history of wrestling. Um, between his mic work, between his comedic timing, between his uh, his managerial work, his wrestling work, his bump ability that he takes in the ring, he actually got his guys over, I found, more than Mr. Fuji did. Mr. Fuji was an nice devious character to have by your side like if you were you know demolition or you know don morocco uh, <laughs> who, I, uh -huh. who i was sporting the shirt of today but i did i never found fuji to be um that guy that was the over to the top interview that's going to really get the the other guy over so i'm going with bobby heenan because he like if i was a wrestler that's who i want to manage me okay so Heenan was a great manager when it came to being the mouthpiece, mm -hmm. right? He he was definitely the mouthpiece for the organization. Yeah, he could bump. And again, you know my love for Bobby Heenan. Mm -hmm. But um, how many times did Heenan have a championship with his tag teams? He didn't have one until the Brain Busters in 89. Okay, yeah. so let's look at Fuji now, right? Mm -hmm. So Fuji did have a couple of runs with your tag team championship belts. So that's why I decided to throw him in the mix because I don't think Fuji gets remembered a lot for his championships that he had with the guys. Now you talk evil heel. Yeah. Bobby Heenan again, Bobby Heenan was pretty much, even though he's a heel, we all love Bobby Heenan. Let's face it. Everyone loved Heenan, but I think there was legit um, hatred uh, for Mr. Fuji because that's just his character. He was the, oriental bad guy right we always needed the bad guy it was just like the russian if you were russian you're instantly evil and heel if you were german you're evil and a heel and so i think that fuji has a slight edge on heenan for hate ability okay. and uh and bringing his tag team to a championship reign where heenan to me got yeah he got his guys over and elevated them to the next level um, and a lot of them branched on their own after that, which, again, Heenan was always brilliant because the minute the guy left him, he was an idiot. I couldn't handle him. He couldn't be, right? He he was so good at that. But Fuji, again, not great in the English department, but <laughs> I, I, I think the hatred, the salt, he had Yokozuna, again, another champion. So for that angle, I'm I'm slightly leaning to Fuji for manager to get a belt for his wrestlers. Okay, well, if we were using that as far as getting the belts, but I'm going to counteract and respectfully disagree. I'm going to say, if you're with Bobby Heenan, you're working with the big man himself on every uh, main event, Mr. Hulk Hogan, so you're getting the biggest pay versus getting the belt. Well, yeah, but as the champions, don't forget, when Fuji has the champions, whoever they may be, they are getting the money. In the kayfabe world. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is true, yeah. <laughs> but see, that's why I thought this one was going to be a good what if, because I think Fuji gets overlooked a lot of times and forgotten that he did have 
guys that held straps. And, and that's sort of what made me think, but again, I just love Bobby Heenan period. Like I just, it was, it was kind of a hard hot throw for me to do because I love the Heenan. Um, but yeah, I, I, I kind of thought, well, Mr. Fuji kind of, you know, needs a little love once in a while. Here's an interesting one you could throw up against Heenan, uh, Captain Lou Albano. Yeah, I don't know. I was never a fan of Lou Albano. I mean, I don't know. I never played with slingshots as a kid. I'm not a fan of elastics in your face either. So <laughs> I just, I never bought into Captain Lou. I don't know what it was about him. I just never bought the angle with anything with him. So, um, yeah, but he was good too. I mean, celebrities, right? To me, him with celebs were good. Um, another one, classy Freddie Blassie. Did you like yeah. him? But yeah. th this was Fuji versus Fuji versus, right? Uh, Fuji versus, okay, yeah. Mount what, Fuji. What, what, what if you needed a manager, who would you be? I think if I'm a tag team, I pick Fuji. I think if I'm a singles competitor, I pick Heenan. That's fair enough, fair enough. I mean, Fuji's a former tag team champion multi-time multi as well, so that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So there, all right, we settled that pretty quick. It's a good starter. It's a good starter topic. Yeah. Well, you know, you got to start a little bit to have uh, – you know, you, you don't start with the full platter. You get a couple of veggies in there and then get to the wings. <laughs> All right. All right. Oh, shake boy. up that hat. Yeah, shake up the hat. Okay, here's another what if. Oh, boy. What if, and you, you'll know right now where we're going to go because we kind of tripped about this. What if Scott Hall and Kevin Nash decided to stay and the big click hugging in the ring never happened? What if? Okay, I took lead on the the last one. You want to take lead on this one? Yeah, I well, I don't think it really matters, but mm -hmm. I think that if Scott Hall, because Scott Hall was the first really to jump, um, and again, <laughs> I do remember talking with Scott and him telling me he was jumping uh, before he anything was really known in the world and uh, for big money, obviously. I, I think if Scott Hall decided to stay with Vince and Vince could keep him. And even though I'm not a fan, kept him and Kevin Nash, I, I think a lot more. Uh, I don't, how can I say this? I don't think we'd be having a lot more conversations as we do about that sort of war Monday night war. I don't think that war would have even been a war to be honest with you. Um, we all know Vince was struggling with money and that's why he let guys go to do what they needed to do to make money uh, where he couldn't afford it. Right. So he just told him go uh, like the Bret Hart thing, go. So I, I think if they had stayed, uh, WCW would have been buried very quickly had they turned into the attitude because again, had they not gone or they did leave, which caused the attitude to happen so i think if they would have stayed wcw would eventually buried themselves and yeah things would have that that's my thought uh from there i'm not sure what would happen but i think uh i, I agree with you that wcw would be in a lot of trouble if they hadn't gone i know they have made a brief little uptick thanks to hogan and savage and Mean Gene and Bobby Heenan, those guys going over, but they weren't going to, as the white meat baby faces, they weren't going to be overtaking the WWF. That being said, um, if Scott Hall and Kevin Nash don't go, that means Vince McMahon has to sign them to a lot of money, which, as you just mentioned, WWF was in some financial peril at that point. They most definitely would have had to let Bret Hart go like they were planning on doing which then leads to Bret Hart jumping to WCW and who knows who follows him you know do, is there anybody that's loyal to Bret Hart that goes you know like Owen and Bulldog and those guys maybe Taker somebody like that who's good friends with Bret Hart the other thing is what's the locker room going to be like with Scott Hall Kevin Nash the click all those guys still in the WWF the Stone Cold even happened if he's yeah. If he's if this the clicks run the show, you know does 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 the attitude era happen? That's the other thing, right? That's what really put WWF back yeah. in back in the back in the good graces, back in the money making days. But you know, does Vince Russo happen? Do all these people happen? Right? Yeah. If, if this goes on, 
Or, or... Well, here's another one for you. Here's another one for you. Yeah. WCW doesn't die a horrible death because because of a stale Hulk Hogan. Right. Hulk Hogan, like technically Scott Hall, uh, single-handedly with the idea of NWO, put like Hulk Hogan back on the map. And, mm-hmm. and Hogan's even said that if it wasn't for Hall and his ideas, forget it. Yeah. Right. Like nobody thought Hulk Hogan would ever turn. So I doubt we would ever have seen uh, a Hogan heel turn had uh, Hall and Nash not gone. Uh, and that's where I think that WCW, even though they were kind of winning, you know, the battle at the time, I still think Vince might have won the war because mm-hmm. I almost think that right now we're in a very, very similar situation where because WWE has decided to sell off and sign with all these, um, you know, got to take out every everything that might be offensive uh, networks, they can't say anything. And AEW is the one now that's sort of pulling a lot of attitude in their promos where, you know, you can't say WWE's in the chicken poop where AEW's don't be a chicken shit. And mm-hmm. that's sort of the attitude of what won for WWF back in the day. You could get away with being realistic in your anger rather than being kid-friendly like Ted Turner had to be. Yep. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting. It, it, you know, you, you wouldn't have probably got Crow Sting because that came from the mind of Hall as well, and they needed that for that that person to go against the nwo you wouldn't have got the nwo you wouldn't have got any of that stuff you know so you wouldn't have got dx you wouldn't have got that stuff either so yeah it'd be interesting to see and then do the does vince because he keeps hall nash does he continue to push diesel and diesel power as his number one guy or does Shawn michaels eventually take over as the number one guy and then you have maybe scott hall going up to that main event pitcher because you remember he was in the IC title yeah. picture at, at that time. So, yeah, it, it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting to see what would happen or could it have caused, because there is no competition and it's just a slow death for everybody <laughs> in the end. Yeah, well, yeah, that could be. I, I still think that was probably the best thing to happen for wrestling at that time was was Scott Hall's move. One chess piece. And that's all it took was, was to cause that ripple effect was one guy. And if you think about it, he wasn't even a main guy when you think about it. it. Like he, again, and this is the magic of Scott Hall with the charisma. And he didn't need to be as the main guy or the main man, right? <laughs> he, he just became that when he left. Like he was the biggest deal in wrestling almost by default. Yeah. And ran with it. Yeah. Well, an interesting thing, too, you got to think about it. So, Hall and Ash go over there. Uh, that changes the contract structure for a lot of wrestlers, right? Because there's always that rumored favored nations clause that they have where anybody else who came in, Hall and Ash continue to make more money. Hogan gets wind of that. He's making more money. So right there, those three started the kind of downfall as far as the financial side of it. Of course, they led to a boom for WCW, but the whole contract thing led to guaranteed contracts. It led to uh, guys that are sitting out quasi-injured and not performing. Led to some problems that way. Um, you know, it, it's you wonder you wonder what would happen if the, if you know they just stayed put. You wonder how that would have changed. And what would have Bret Hart done in WCW? Would he had some classic matches with some of the people over there that sparked the fans kind of like AEW is doing right now? Well, the other thing, too, is let, let's say it was only Hall. What if Nash didn't go? Yeah, well, I think, yeah. I, it's it's funny. You know, Hall is the cool factor, but it's almost like it just it, it's just like the perfect mix, the three of them. To be together, yeah. Hall, Nash, and Hogan, it just—it feels like one without the other. It's just not the same. Yeah, well, it's like Bert and Ernie, right? <laughs> you know, like, it's almost the same thing. It's not the same without one of the other guy, right? So, yeah, um, yeah, I, 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 don't, I think it would have succeeded slightly. I don't know if it would have had the same power punch, but I think Hall could have pulled it through because he was the buzzword the the entire time. I mean, when he came through the crowd, and again, this was. 
a lot of, you know, this was not a lot of internet dirt sheet back then, right? It wasn't like freely out there like it is today. Yeah. We literally had to tune in and go, holy shit, he's coming through the audience. Like we believed that WCW had no idea he was in the, he was in, in the arena. Yeah. And he just walked the barrier. I, I dare anybody today to try to walk over the barrier. Mm-hmm. Just like that. You know, mm-hmm. anybody who's unannounced, go ahead, try it. You're not going to get very far at all. And that's the beauty that we talked about this last episode of MJF with his promo. It was the first thing in a long time where you felt, is this real or is, is what's yeah. going on with this? Right. So that's, that's, yeah. that's what's been missing in wrestling for a long time. I know people can talk about the punk pipe bomb, but even that didn't feel the same. Like you, people are questioning the whole MJF promo, just like they questioned the whole Hall and Nash showing up and whether they were still part of WWE. Yeah. They thought it was a ruse. Yeah. Right. Was it, are they, they can't be gone. Like, I don't think, I mean, when it happened, did you really think Razor Ramon was done? You know what I mean? Like you really never thought Razor Ramon was done because when he first came over, I mean, the big thing was, you know who I am, you know why I'm here, right? That was his big first interview. Well, if you're telling me I know who you are, well, you're still Razor Ramon then, mm-hmm. right? So they played it pretty damn good. Oh, that, yeah. yeah. You know, he, he didn't just come in and say, hey, yo, I'm Scott Hall. Mm-hmm. He, he said, you know who I am and you know why I'm here, which to me throws a wrench in the well maybe he is still with wwf i just assumed that he was referring to the diamond stud (laughs) (laughs) and oz Oz, yeah Yeah, him and vinnie vegas exactly yeah 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 so let me ask you this uh hall and ash don't go what's i guess what's going to be the big feud or what's going to be the big draw for WCW? I'm thinking in my head uh, that was right right before Hall and Nash went is when Luger went over and he was the first guy to kind of defect, right? He went and showed up on yeah. the first Nitro and stuff like that. And they were actually building around Luger pretty good when he went back. I mean, he's he was um, used pretty well and he was he was um, the tweener, I guess you would call it. They weren't sure if he was heel or face or whatever. And eventually in 97, he gets that surprise win against Hogan to win the belt but would they have maybe gone with luger and gone a different direction maybe some kind of a turn with luger sting you get a bret hart and there you get hogan maybe finally hogan does still have to turn heel you just don't have the same oomph that you would have had with the nwo yeah i don't know that nwo was such a power like it's so hard to go back and and think what could have overtaken the NWO being such a success. I, I, I don't know any, any faction they could have created. Um, again, we are back in time. You could think about it and, and think, but I, I just, to me, Luger just had no charisma at, ever. So his mic skills couldn't take, couldn't take the heat. Um, I don't think, do you like, I, I just, I look back at every Luger promo and I wish I could tell you more than 10 seconds of it, but I was asleep. The only thing I remember so. about a Luger promo <laughs> is the, uh, this, his, uh, is he always pointed like this for some reason. <laughs> that's an L. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's, he's just always when he's doing this. So yeah, yeah. but yeah, he, he, he was a guy who needed a manager on the stick, you know, the four horsemen with yeah. JJ and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see, you know, there's ripple effects for everything, but I'm kind of glad we got what we got. Yeah, I agree. All right. Let's shake that hat up again. That's it. That's all I got. That's all you got? And what do you want for me? <laughs> I think oh I didn't get paid this week. Jeez, you, you just had to write some stuff down on some slips of paper. What do you think I am, Jay Myers? <laughs> <laughs> I got one. I'm just kidding. All right. Okay, hang on. Okay. <laughs> All right. This one, this one here is, uh, we're going to take a little switch. There. This is more current, actually. Mm-hmm. What if, what if WWE 
had Drew McIntyre versus 20 men battle royal. <laughs> the what if WWE did a battle royal with 20 guys versus one of their superstars? Uh, and I'm referring to Wardlow versus 20 security guard jobbers. The fans would rip them to shreds about ridiculous booking, like nonsensical booking. Uh, and then when Drew won the match, then they'd say, oh, my God, they're, they buried everyone, even though it's 20 unknown security guards that he's burying. But, yeah. They didn't use the security guards properly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it would just be an absolute shit. Fit. They, they they just go nuts. And, and then, of course, if they called it, you know, they had a fake lawyer come out and talk about the the plaintiffs versus, you know, sorry, I was going to say Wardlow, the plaintiffs versus McIntyre. I mean, they'd say, oh, my God, what is this, people's court? Or this is children's yeah. stuff. It's Yeah, it would it would be ripped apart, generally. And then Dave Meltzer would call it the worst segment in the history of WWE. Yeah, yeah, he would give it one star. Negative one stars. Yeah, hey, never mind with the negative one. <laughs> yeah we don't want an ambulance listening in on this no exactly okay so um here's the other thing of it right mm -hmm. so why is it why is it popular a popular choice for the aew fans to be popping for this oh my god wardlow he's going against 20 guys security guys blah 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 they're popping huge for it thinking this is the best storyline going mm -hmm. and i think i i have the my theory on it and it's something you and i both sort of share it's because wardlow is massive he is a well again i think he's as big as that guy is i got a funny feeling if we saw him next to a few guys in wwe he'd be very similar yeah. in size to them mm -hmm. but because he's that big in aew like put him against adam cole well that that's like you know uh you know he, adam cole is negative one so <laughs> um he just doesn't wear the mask sometimes so to me wardlow is just that he's he's big he's believable he looks like that bouncer you're at the bar that you're going okay man i ain't fucking even thinking of sneaking in Mm -hmm. uh, because it's going to take my head off. So I, I think that's why the fans are somewhat in on this or all in on this is because he's a big guy and he's made it believable through the MJF stuff. MJF has elevated his game, like Wardlow's game, yep. uh, to make it believable. We've already had Wardlow destroy half the security system, even when he's in handcuffs. So now it's 20 on one and he, he is that big and strong. It's going to be a power bomb fest. Like every guy is going to get it. Like <laughs> he's probably doing back stretches before this match for at least an hour because his own back is going to get a workout pulling all those power bombs out. We might see 60 of them. Yeah, no, mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's, he's the other thing is he's been booked, right? And you can't say that about a lot of AEW people. He's been booked right. I think, yeah, because they, they've they've taken time with him. They mm -hmm. haven't just thrown him out there. Mm -hmm. And someone has literally sat there and said, we have to do this right with him. This can't be just, let's just try this. Because I think they have a chance to make a massive star out of him. I really yeah. do. Mm -hmm. uh, he's improved since day one. I, I think he's one of the few guys you can say who's literally improved. Like when you watch him and go, you know what? Yeah, this is a guy who he probably doesn't need 55 moves. He needs three. That's yeah. it. And and he's pulling it off masterfully. And his promos are pretty darn good too right now, I think. Yeah. There's a few times he's a little, eh, I call him, uh, <laughs> he's the nicest asshole. And what I mean by that is he's trying to be mean, but he still doesn't come across as the mean guy, right? He's, But his promos have improved, and the fans do pop when he comes. They love him. I, I'm, I've, hey, I've told you, I've lost the coin toss, and I have to watch AEW every week. So um, uh, shitty job, and someone's got to do it. Yeah. Would you compare – to me, he reminds me of early Batista. Okay, so – 
I'm not even going to pretend to step into this one because the Batista era, I really didn't watch a lot of the WWE product okay. because again, mm-hmm. you know, it's sort of, we're, we're in that punk range where, you know, I'm coming. I mean, the, what I remember honestly about Batista, he was already the champion uh, versus triple H in a cage match. That's what I remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's sort of my first experience. And I thought Batista was great then. Mm-hmm. Do I see Wardlow getting to that? I th- I think he could. He's 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 built like a a shit brick house, right? Uh, so yeah, they could do anything with him. This because I don't think Batista's promos were that great. If I remember some of the ones I've seen, well, looking that's, back, that, that's what I'm, why I'm comparing. Like even like before Batista joined Evolution, I mean he was pretty rough around the edges. I mean he didn't have a lot of experience there. I know Cornette trained him down in. OVW, but still, they, he was a rush project because they were bringing him to the main roster, whether they like it or not, just for his look. But uh, when I remember him first starting off, a little rough around the edges, but he had something. He had that look. I mean, and, and you just knew he was going to be a star if he stayed on the right course. And they did the smart, smartest thing they could. They put him in evolution and he's surrounded by Flair, Triple H, and Orton. You know, and he's just basically sucking up every piece of knowledge that they can give him and go from there. And then his, his promos really did improve, um, you know, after a while. And he, used, he put on good matches uh, towards the end. I always enjoyed a Batista match. There's, yeah. there's some, it was physical, and, but the guy could sell. And so, yeah, it, it was good. I mean, his stuff they did with, like, Eddie Guerrero and their feud, I mean, just amazing stuff. So, yeah, I, I can see the potential for Wardlow that – that's kind of the guy that I see with him, and that's it's not an insult; it's a compliment to him because Batista had a pretty good run; and he was a world champion. So that's kind of the trajectory, trajectory I could see uh, Wardlow doing too. Yeah, I just I don't know who they're because they they haven't really put him with anybody. He's a solo act right now, mm-hmm. and he and he's doing pretty good. And I don't pay enough attention to the AEW side to go. You know what? You throw actually. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know the story behind the Jericho Appreciation Society, correct? As far as why they're called that, because uh, Jericho's helped helped each of those guys somewhere in their career. Oh no, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. There's the, like he's either helped them get back or helped them through whatever uh, hard time, anything. He's he's just done stuff for them as a friend. So that's the Jericho Appreciation Society now. Uh, regardless if he's ever done anything for Wardlow, I could see a faction like that taking in Wardlow and and accelerating as the big guy of the group. If because again the the Jake Hager, I just I just don't buy him ever. I've never bought him. Never liked him anywhere he's been. There's I don't know what it is about him. I just think a guy that big should maybe look bigger. I'm not sure what it is about him that bothers me. He's to me, he's always sort of been a little bit sloppy, but I could see Jericho, uh, you know, someone trying to sign, they're trying to sign Wardlow. Who's trying to, that may be the next angle. And I know WWF back in the day when Savage came in, I remember who was going to be his manager. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I could see that the AEW may be taking a piece of that history and saying, someone's got to take Wardlow in. Like who's going to get them, right? Maybe. And, uh, and uh, Jericho is pretty good at elevating talent on his own. So I could see him going in there, of course, being his, the wizard that he is, <laughs> uh, he could pull some magic out of there. I think. Well, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I, I don't see it happening, but yeah, if possible, or maybe if they branch off to something even different, another group or something like that, where he goes for more of a horseman esque type of group, then yeah, you could see, see him in that but uh i think that was the whole plan with the whole mjf group right him being a part of that uh, you know yeah mjf's young but mjf is very knowledgeable about the business obviously and i'd say you said somebody back there said um we can't screw this up and it might have been him that said that yeah yeah, yeah. well hey, for all you know what that could be that could be a great angle too that we're not even realizing that mjf is the guy in the back um helping out some of the guys going hey listen he just might be that he might be the scott hall of today right with with all the, right. the brilliant ideas right that we, we're not even going to know until 10 years from now that he was the brainchild behind certain things yeah 
Well, I mean, Cornette praises him, so that's got to tell you something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cornette hates everybody. He does, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All okay, right. so let's bring me sort of to where this is the last piece of my hat. Okay. Uh, and the hat of doom. Um, it's what if MJF is a work? Oh, I, I think MJF is a total work. <laughs> you think so? Yeah, I do. I think he's signed already. We, I know we kind of talked about that mm -hmm. before, yeah. but uh, what if it isn't? What if he really is trying to get fired? What if it isn't? Well, then that yeah. is, uh, well, a couple of things. That's that's great for WWE because if he goes over there, he is just going to explode as far as wrestling goes. Um, it's also maybe one of the stupidest moves in the history of wrestling for Tony Khan to give that guy an open mic, if that was the case, if it's not a work, because you know this guy is brilliant at what he's doing. And you know he's going to take advantage of that opportunity to make him the most talked about free agent in the history of wrestling, which he kind of is right now, even though he may not be a free agent. And technically he wouldn't be a free agent because he signed until 2024, but he's going the route of get me fired, you know. So I, I don't know. I, I honestly, I just, I cannot, this would be quite possibly the end of AEW if this is not a if this is not a work because Tony Khan would look like a fool. I also think that it could be. Let, let's just say that Tony Khan is telling him, "Dude, I ain't letting you out. I don't give a damn what you do." Mm -hmm. Right, and and MJF is going fine. Give me the mic, and Tony Khan is going fine. Take the mic. I don't care what you say. We'll just we'll either shut the mic, but you're not getting out of this contract. I want like that could also be a play too here that you're signed. It's it's like we always talk about with the with, with the uh, with the Ali bitching and whining. Just release, like let him go, let him go. I need I need out. I'm not being. Maybe there's something there that we're not hearing either behind the scenes. And he really is trying to get fired. And Tony's going. Listen, I don't care what you do. The more you go out there and chirp, the better my ratings get. That could be too. It could be, but oh man, like I say. Um... It's it's I, I can't see anybody having any any wrestler having any respect for Tony Khan after that if, if he's getting if he's getting worked like that. Yeah, nah, and I don't, I don't think I think to me I think MJF going to WWE doesn't help MJF to be honest. I, I don't think so. I I think because he's so promo heavy compared to wrestling ability. Even though he's a good wrestler, he's he's very promo heavy, and for what we talked about earlier, WWE is so worried about offending and kid friendly and no bad word. Uh, I just don't think MGF is as believable with poopy pants. <laughs> right? It just it's not going to be the same. Yeah, I mean you're you're yeah, that's true. You might just get Miz the second <laughs> you know? yeah yeah it just it's three letters right same thing so maybe maybe mjf turns into miz but um or maybe maybe or he's that, rko <laughs> yeah maybe that that ends up being the the flashpoint for them kind of steering away from that g rated product and maybe going to a little bit more of a attitude-ish product i mean but it's not can like, they? well see one of the things that they can skip out of from the Attitude Era is the sex side of things, right? That was a big part of it, you know, the the women the, and, the, uh, and the sexual innuendos and stuff like that. You're not seeing that on AEW, for sure. You're not seeing that on AEW, except for maybe some of the, the males that go a little cuckoo for, for some of the, the male wrestlers. But other than that... <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you're not seeing that side of it. You know, it's all about the, the, the women's division is about the respect for the wrestling and stuff like that. So MJF is, is really the only thing that he is going to be handcuffed on is the cursing and some of the things that he's talking about. So does WWE make an exception there? They just have the bleep button going a lot or whatever. I, I don't know. I don't know. But uh you're never going to see the full-on attitude error like you had in the past. You know, it was just that was gonzo compared to what you could get away with now. 
but yeah. But the problem with the bleep button is that the bleep button only bleeps TV, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't bleep the in crowd stuff that Vince doesn't want kids hearing, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so it's kind of like when uh, when you see the videos of after the shows and Roman Reigns breaks his character and thanks the fans and blah blah blah. To me, that ruins it, right? And I, yeah. I, and but to me, that shows that Vince has somewhat changed to be very kid friendly. To go, okay, let's just let him say what he wants to say, you know, because he does have fans, which you and I both hate. We'd rather be an MJF where you give a kid a finger while he's taking a picture, hmm. right? Like, I, play the heel if you're playing a heel. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I think I think he needs to stay in AEW. Um, I just, like you say, like it could be the greatest free agent signing or, you know, MGF could be the biggest free agent signing money-wise, but also be the biggest flop free agent signing because he's handcuffed promo-wise. And I think the promos are literally what sells him. And that's sort of my fear for someone who's so good at them. You don't want to lose that creativity or the freedom, like freedom of speech, really, Mm -hmm. because... The other thing, and we, we've talked about this many times, is how scripted WWE is. So uh, I don't think Vince is going to let him go off the cuff. Vince is going to say, no, you got to say this. This is what we want you to say. And I, I just, I don't know if he can handle that because if he's a freewheeler like he is doing so good, sometimes coming off the cuff is way better than a script. And, and like, to me, you watch some of these guys, in, like to me, Miz looks like he's coming off the cuff. He, he's just that good with them drew mcintyre feels scripted um roman reigns thousand percent is script right you can you just they're terrible right um cody rhodes like he's practicing he's cleaning the mirror because he's spitting in it all the afternoon practicing his speeches so he wipes the mirror down but i mean like he sounds way too scripted there's no natural like that mjf promo was such a natural uh, it's just, whether he rehearsed it all day, I don't know, but it didn't seem, it just seemed like they threw him the mic and they said, go. Yeah. I'll give you a, a, what I feel is an apt comparison for MJF going to WWE and what, and I, what your point I kind of agree with here. I think of Ric Flair when he came to the WWF. Uh, Ric Flair worked in the South. He worked in the NWA and he kind of got away with some similar things that MJF is getting away. Rick Flair was all about that promo before the match where he's talking about, you know, Space Mountain, you know, longest line, oldest ride, and, you know, 18 to 28 and no boyfriends allowed back at the Marriott. Vince wasn't going to let him say that stuff, and he didn't let him say that stuff. The, the closest he got to controversial is the whole Macho Man Elizabeth angle where he kissed her at WrestleMania, but he didn't get to be the nature boy and, and do all that stuff. And um, he just felt neutered in the WWE and he's, he's not like a big guy. So he, he wasn't going to stand out that way. I mean, yes, he was a marathon 60 minute wrestler, but WWE didn't do do those matches either. And you kind of MGF would kind of be in that same boat. I mean, he's the guy in the stick. You're not worried about him in the ring. He's not going to stand out physically. Although I guess nowadays he might stand out physically because he actually works out. But uh, you know, yeah. in in the WWE, he's not going to stand out physically because there's still gigantic dudes yeah. that, that'll that'll look different. And he's not a zany, kooky promo like Roddy Piper. He's he's just he's a must hear promo. So I compare it to Ric Flair going to WWE. It just never felt like it worked with Flair in WWE. He belonged in the NWA. He belonged in that that whole argument of who's better is it is it Hogan is it Flair is it you know is it the NWA or is it WWF that, that, that kind of thing. Um, and you 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 don't want to see that mix at some point. So yeah, I I could see I totally see what you're talking about with MJF. He could easily be neutered, and he could turn out to be a major flop in that case. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now it's interesting about what you say about promos. And again, I'm, I'm going to go back to uh, the guy I think is still the greatest ever Hulk Hogan um, promo. WWF WWE WCW didn't matter where he was. Like he, he was just, he was the King. Uh, he was the best promo. Didn't like, 
there's a guy, yeah, you know, it's such a good point you brought up about Ric Flair being neutered. And I never really thought of it that way, like an MGF, but Hulk Hogan didn't matter where they, where he went. Fine. You don't want me to say this? I won't. Yeah. And he, and he would just go. And, uh, and even now I laugh when we talked about this, whether I think we were talking about off air. I was watching him on his, uh, on his Facebook page. He's doing some stupid promo about karaoke, karaoke happening on Tuesday. He does a 15 minute angle and I wanted more. And it was just about karaoke, yeah. Right? He mm-hmm. just there's something magic about uh, about his promos, and he still knows how to cut them. He obviously knows the sell points, and maybe maybe MJF has that uh, promo ability where as long as he touches the sell points, we'll forgive the language not being there again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Uh, I, but yeah, like that. As you were saying that, that's exactly what popped in my head was Flair going to the WWF because yeah. all you have to do is just go in a YouTube rabbit hole and just look Rick, Rick Flair promos and compare the ones from the NWA where he's just off the he's insane during them, which yeah. is what he needed to be to to actually talk you into the arena. I mean, it, it, you know, it was. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, Dusty's body wasn't bringing you into the arena. It was Dusty talking. No. Is what yeah. in Flair, Flair, you knew he was just that that heel that you wanted to see be beaten, but it's not like, and Flair was in great shape and stuff like that, but he wasn't Hogan. I mean, Hogan, no. you just wanted to see this myth of Hogan when, and and the fact that Hogan could talk you into it as well, no different than like a a warrior, somebody like that too. As as strange as Warriors promos were, you still stopped yeah. and listened to Warriors promos, and plus, then he's a freak as far as the way he looks, you know. That you know, and and anybody who's you know going to argue about you know these guys or or whatever they're doing, I, I think the um, the thing you have to look at for the talent on the other side is talk you to the seats, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas Hogan, Flair, even Piper could talk you into the seats, yeah. uh, regardless of their in ring talent. And Drew McIntyre t- to me, and I'm just I'm just throwing McIntyre and. He doesn't talk you into the seats. Um, Baron Corbin doesn't talk you into the seats. Um, I, I'm sorry, Cody Rhodes doesn't talk me into the seats. And, and I try to think MJF talks me to the seats. Um, Jericho can sometimes, like pre-Jericho, always could talk a guy into the seats. Mm-hmm. Now it's it's your sort of, for me, I... <laughs> He would talk me into the seats just so I could hear him say that I'm a wizard, right? <laughs> Not for his wrestling ability, but again, I, I would go just for that promo. Right now, Wardlow can talk me into the seats. And I well, think that's where WWE is really struggling right now. Um, I don't think there's anybody talking anybody into the seats. Do you, would you go see Ronda Rousey? No. 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 She right? talks me out of the seats. <laughs> No, seriously. She's talking to the concession stand. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. I mean, she's just so yeah. not into it at all. It's beyond belief. Like yeah. another another person that was talked me into the seats, uh, and then he got neutered, if you want to say it, is is Brian uh, Daniel. What what do you call him? Brian Danielson. When he first went to uh, into AEW, I was so into his character. He was great. Yeah. He was. He just came off as this heel that that could rip apart anybody on the roster and then they throw him in this group with with regal and and moxley and w- what's going on and why the hell is he not going to be their interim champion while while cm punk is out i mean that's the dream match you want you want punk versus brian right you know there's a one of uh there's another podcast uh pal of ours uh james beaver and i had this conversation and, and james likes the fact that they haven't taken the belt off punk and they've come up with another belt. Um, he, he likes that fact where I, I'm kind of against it. I would prefer to see CM Punk handed out mm-hmm. um, and then come back and battle for it. But James kind of likes the idea that there's a new belt that they can go for. And, and that's the interim champion. And of course, when CM Punk comes back, <laughs> They're going to unify that one, I'm assuming, and yeah. take a step in the, in the WWE direction of unification and, and do their unification. But I don't know. I'm kind of the opinion of, and I said to James the other day, he and I were yakking, and I said, well, it's kind of like, you know, and he's talking about it's a single sport, single competitor kind of sport. 
And I said, yeah, but if a golfer gets injured and he's the defending champion for the green jacket, they don't just say, he, okay, we're going to make a red jacket this month and we'll have a showdown later. You relinquish your championship. You're not in the tournament anymore. Right. So I, I think they should have made punk hand it over. Yeah. I, I, you know, I'm fine either way. Like I, I, I agree. Guys should hate hand it over. I mean, it, you're injured. You can't defend it. it. It's, and then you have that story when they come back, yeah. you, you know, trying to re reclaim that prize. But if they're going to go this route, whatever, as long as they, as soon as he comes back, they do have that unification. I, I realize what they're doing. They're going for the whole UFC style of thing, right? They have, UFC uses the interim champions all the time. I just I think that you know the one guy that that could take over that title while he is gone and and be their top champion was was Brian Danielson and and then you automatically that's that's the match people have been clamoring for that we never really got with WWE was Punk versus Danielson right so I don't know but I mean how obvious I, I didn't even have to watch the program I just I just saw who won the battle royal. And saw that it was O'Reilly. I knew well. Moxley's winning that. Moxley's yeah. in the championship. I'm sorry that that's what it's going to be. It's it's you're not you didn't have me convinced that O'Reilly was going to win that match against no. him. No. So no. I mean, there's no intrigue to that. You know. Well, I, I don't. And why are they not getting picked apart for that booking either? I don't know. Look, look at what WWE did. Becky Lynch had to hand it over. Yeah. Right. Which made a good story when she came back. She won it in what twenty two seconds, yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. or, or, or whatever it is, right? So, like to me, that was great. And I just think part of the problem is um, this is just my own opinion. Uh, CM Punk, his attitude gets in the way, and he doesn't want to hand it over. That's what mm -hmm. I really think it is now. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think it was was that they didn't have the idea. I personally think he's in the back going, "Fuck you! I'm not handing it over. I just want it." Yeah. Yeah. Right. Then next time, don't crowd surf, you fucking moron. Even when Michaels lost his smile, he still handed the belt over. <laughs> <laughs> Reluctantly. Oh, yeah. Oh man. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I think they, uh, I think they, they may have dropped the ball, and they, they should have just had him relinquish it. And again, you're still not going to see the Daniel Bryan thing or Brian Danielson thing versus Punk. No. And, and I don't care what anybody says. Brian Danielson is 10 times the wrestler CM Punk is. Oh, God, yes, for sure. Yeah, for sure. But you know what, Machine? They can't have that match yet because we still have to see Wheeler Yuta against CM Punk. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, that's the money. That's the money right there. And then Daniel Garcia will main event with him after that. <laughs> uh, we could go on forever, but I think we are out of time. <laughs> uh, I was paying attention to the time for you today. And uh, yeah, it's late. We're recording late. Mm -hmm. My hat's empty. So is my head. I was just going to say <laughs> that. <laughs> but your heart so is full. Your heart is full. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's our sort of what if and had a doom show for, for this week. And BC and a lot of people uh, probably don't realize you're slightly nasally today and you're you're getting over a bit of a cold, so uh, heal up, buddy. Yeah, no worries, no worries. And, hey, I want to give a special shout-out. I know we don't do shout-outs all the time, but I want to give a special shout-out to our buddy, JD, uh, our oh, buddy yeah. on Twitter. He's been just on fire lately with uh, with some of the stuff that he's been putting out there, and he's recruiting people to the uh, to the Machine Mania team there and uh, Team Positivity, and uh, he's he's been fantastic with that, but – my God, some of the one-liners this guy has had. We, you know, we've said this off air, but I'm putting the challenge out there on air. We need JD to come on this show. Yeah, for sure, man. JD has got uh, he's got more lines than Tony Khan in the back of catering. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we um, we we need him on for sure because he's he's got, he's a bit of a character, which. Which, since we're doing this now, um, if you haven't seen JD's battle with uh, EJ is on fire, he's challenged her to a tennis match. And it, it's absolutely like I have tears in my eyes when those two get going. Uh, she's a bit of a tennis player and uh, he just has two fuzzy balls. So I'm not sure. Um, 
what's going to happen with this match. It's a modern day, uh, modern day uh, guy versus girl here. And uh, if just on Twitter, just again, if you want entertainment, like you're saying with he's, he's just recruiting people, they just start on each other about this tennis match that they're going to have. And apparently I'm now the ref and now there's a doubles match happening. <laughs> so yeah. Um, but uh, listen, let's put a word out that we're not afraid to have wrestling fans on our podcast. Yeah, um, if you're willing, if you're willing to come on and you have some ideas, feel free to DM the wrestling with the truth podcast. Yeah. Um, and uh, if you're not following the podcast, and you're following NWO machine, hit me up and I'll put you in the right direction too, or, or holler at BC Hunter and we'll figure it out. But uh, we want to start getting some of you people in on this. Yep. Yep, for sure. I mean, that's, that's JD, Steve McCachran, you know, all those guys that have been super supportive to us, you know, some of the ladies as well that, that have, uh, have been supportive. I will, uh, I'll put JD right now. I'll put him up there. It's, at dangerous jd is the uh, handle for if you want some entertainment if you enjoy hockey ladies and 80s references he's your man oh yeah he's it yeah, <laughs> he's your yeah. Man. So, it's uh it's some great stuff there but yeah jd uh, just a shout out because you've been i've been getting i don't i don't i don't go on twitter near as much as as you guys do but uh I get a kick out of it when I see his stuff there. Just some of the one-liners he comes up with. It's just unreal. Yeah, yeah unreal. Good but, stuff. Good yeah, stuff. for sure. All right, so we'll we'll end it on that note. Thank you very much for pulling out the hat of doom once again, uh, Machine. It's greatly appreciated. And uh, for everybody else, we are out of here. Wrestling with the Truth podcast brought to you by Mark's Wrestling Masks. You want to look like a champ or you want to look like a chump, he's got your ugly mug covered. Check him out on Facebook, Mark's Wrestling Masks. That's M-A-R-C apostrophe S, Wrestling Masks. <laughs>